There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We certainly are thankful for the work of God that He's doing in our lives in these days. We are still here in Shingle House, Pennsylvania. We're at the Grace of Bible Independent Baptist Church. And we've had good services so far. We thank God for that. And I'd like to say this, that the fire has not fallen. And we thank God for that. Last time the fire fell, the prophets of Baal were consumed by that fire and they were burned up. And so we're not looking for the fire to fall. We're not looking for a baptism of fire. If there's a baptism of fire, we're all damned. And so we're not looking for that either. What we are looking for is we're looking for that rustling in the mulberry bushes. Uh, we're listening for that still small voice. We're waiting for that wind from heaven to blow. And that is in the person of Jesus Christ, that he might make an appearance to us. And again, it's not going to be a fleshly appearance. It's not going to be a bodily appearance. It's going to be by the word of God. That's what we're looking for this week, that the word of God might go forth and it might please the Lord uh, to dwell with us and to visit with us and to visit with us in his spirit. We thank God for that. We are looking for the things of God. We're looking for what God is going to do. We still got three more nights tonight, tomorrow, and of course Friday. We would love for you to be here, love for you to attend if you're able. We've had some folks that have reached out to us and they've either been listening online, and I know the services are available after the fact on YouTube at the Grace Bible and the Better Baptist Church website, or they're also available online at onesoulatatime.net, and that's usually going to be a day or two later. And so I hope you're able to listen. And if you're not able to be with us, you can listen to the services. And we always like to talk about onesoulatatime.net. It's a great treasury, if you will, of preaching. Many, many different preachers on there, tremendous messages. And if you just need something to satisfy your soul, there's no greater place to go uh, to hear preaching. We thank God for that. And I mean that with all sincerity, not because I'm on there, certainly, because it's just great preaching on that website. We're going to be back in Job 19 today. And before I go too far into this, I, I want to simply say this. There is a passage I do not fully understand. There's a passage, I look at that body of death, and I look at that soul of Jesus Christ, and I see those skin worms, and that's interesting that he talks about that. And I don't believe that that's his physical body there, because I believe his physical body went to the grave and saw no corruption. But what he speaks of there, and, and he says this again in verse 26, and though after my skin worms destroy this body. And that's not his, doesn't say his flesh. It says his body there, but yet in my flesh, I shall see God. And I believe that's the worm that we spoke of. The other day, I believe that's the worms that they die not. And I believe that's what he's speaking of. I believe that's the soul of Jesus Christ. And that's something I just have to contend with, something I just want to get out in the front. That way I can preach this uh, without hesitation, run right through this. Uh, but as we go into verse uh, 19, again, that's where we kind of left off the other day. All my inward friends abhorred me, and they whom I loved have turned against me. 
Then verse 20, Job goes back into that role of prophet again. He says, my bone cleaveth to my skin and to my flesh, and I am escaped with the skin of my teeth. And so again, he reverts into the role of that prophet. We see this one that is suffering. We see this one that's been made an offering. We see a sacrifice here. We see so many characteristics of Jesus Christ. But Job says more things that really give weight to that. He says, my bone cleaveth to my skin, to my flesh, and I am escaped with the skin of my teeth. Have pity upon me. Have pity upon me, O ye my friends, for the hand of God hath touched me. And so again, Job, is. could he be speaking of himself? Yes, he could. But could I say to you, he's also speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ. And many times we see in the scripture, we see the pity that God had for his son on the cross. We see the pity that he had as he suffered. And he asks for pity in the Psalms. We see that in the Messianic Psalms, that he asks for pity and cries out for pity. God is a God of pity. And thank God for that. Uh, God will see your calamity and see that come upon you because of his mercy. God can show great pity and how we bless his name and thank him for that. He said, why did you persecute me as God and not satisfied with my flesh. Oh, that my words were now written. Now Job really solidifies this prophecy. He goes into a place where he definitely is speaking on behalf of another. I don't believe this is Job speaking on behalf of himself when he says, I'm not satisfied with my flesh. And he's talking about his friends. He's talking about God here. And he said, for the hand of God hath touched me. Why do you persecute me as God? I'm not satisfied with my flesh. And God has not persecuted Job. God has not put his hand against Job. Satan has put a hand against Job, but God has not done that. Are you not satisfied with my flesh? Oh, that my words were now written. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. I am come to do thy will, O Lord. That is Jesus Christ. That is the fullness of Jesus Christ. And we see that that request is made. Now, people say, hey, that could be Job. And that's fine if you want to see that as Job. But let me say this, uh, concerning that, if that is Job, God still heard him because God put Job's words in the volume of this book. And how we thank the Lord for that. The, the volume of this book contains Jesus Christ. He is continually in this book. He is the word. And we see it here when he says that, oh, that they were printed in a book. Yes, his words were printed in a book. They were printed in the greatest book that's ever been penned, the greatest book that's ever been printed, the greatest book that's ever been given to man. They were printed in the volume of this book. Again, we see the patience of Job here. We see that he makes this request. And I don't believe Job is too concerned about his own words, but I do believe Job is concerned about his words. He speaks as a great prophet of God that these words would be kept, that these words would be contained, that these words would be for posterity. And certainly that's what God did for Job and how we bless the name of the Lord. But you see this, that they were graven with an iron pen and led in the rock forever. And again, as the law of God was given, it was graven in that rock. It was written with that iron pen and the finger of God, if you will, the hand of God. And that's what exactly what Job is speaking about here that they were graven in that rock, that God himself would put these words in the book. And God did put these. This word was settled forever in heaven, O Lord. And this word was settled with Jesus Christ. His word was settled in heaven. His word shall never pass away. This word is eternal. And those are the words of Job. And because they are eternal, they were before Job even spake them. That's what the word of God says. 
For I know that my Redeemer liveth. There's the resurrection. There is Jesus Christ. There's the resurrected Savior. And at best, if you can't get on board with some of the rest of this, there certainly is Job speaking of Jesus Christ. That my Redeemer liveth. He that was dead and yet liveth. And guess what? Behold, I am alive forevermore. That is the resurrected Savior. It's the reason we preach. It's the reason we have a podcast. It's the reason we live. It's the reason we have a life. It's the reason we tell others. Because of that resurrected Savior. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at that latter day upon the earth. And that's the confidence Job had. He knows his Redeemer's living. He knows his Redeemer's alive. He knows he's going to stand at that latter day upon the earth. That's according to the word of God. And Jesus Christ will stand upon this earth. Jesus Christ will stand. He will judge the nations. He will judge them from the very book that Job requested his words be penned in. He judged from the very book that was written in the rock with that iron pen and lead in the rock forever. The very book that Job requested be written will judge man for his deeds, whether they be good or whether they be evil. Many that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. That is the resurrection. That's what Job was looking for. That's what Job was longing for. He was looking to see his resurrected Savior. He was looking to see the Lord knowing that he shall stand at that latter day upon the earth. He is out of the tomb. He's come up from the grave. And I know people say, well, Job didn't know this at that time. No, Job did not know that except by the Spirit of God. And he spake by the Spirit of Christ. He was speaking concerning the things that he had seen. He was speaking concerning the resurrection of Christ, which is the glory that should follow, 1 Peter 1.11. That's what he's speaking about. And so Job did see the resurrected Savior. David saw him. Uh, Peter told us that in Acts chapter 2. David said, I foresaw the Lord. And I believe here, Job foresaw the Lord. I believe he saw the Lord resurrected. I believe he saw him upon this earth. I believe he saw him standing in that latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. And again, there's several worms we see in the Bible. Almost every place you see a worm or worms, we see that as man, mankind, also the son of man. That is Jesus Christ. His body was destroyed. His body went to the grave. His body, he became a worm. He said in Psalm 22, I am a worm and no man. He laid down his life for us. And then after he laid down his life for us, Job foresaw the glory that should follow. The resurrected Savior, out of the grave he came. Job foresaw him, prophesied of him. God put the words in the book. God gave us that forever. It's been written in a rock with an iron pen and lead. It's graven in that rock. And it was by the hand of God that it was graven. Then Job said this, whom I shall see for myself and mine eyes shall behold and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Again, that is the resurrected Savior. Those reins, that picture, the inward, that picture of the soul, that picture of the internal, the ways of man. And he speaks, they be consumed within me. He said, yet in my flesh, I shall see God. Blessed be the name of the Lord, whom I shall see for myself. It's not going to have to take somebody else's word for it. I personally am not going to have to take somebody else's word for it. In my flesh, I shall see God. Why? I also will be bodily resurrected. I also will come out of the grave. Why? I've been saved by the good grace of God, and I'm prepared to meet God. The word of God told us this. 
over there in Second Thessalonians. And of course, Apostle Paul uh, spoke of these things and preached these things. And this is what he said, and have we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that you would do both do and will do the things which we command you, and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. There are those that are patiently waiting for Jesus Christ. There are those like Simeon in the temple waiting to see the Lord's Christ. And how we thank God for that. For this we say unto you in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 15, by the word of the Lord. And what is the word of the Lord? It's what Job spake of, that we which are alive and remain under the covenant of the Lord. That's what we're patiently waiting for. He says, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That's bodily. Our body is coming out of the grave. That is the bodily resurrection of the saints to meet a bodily resurrected Savior, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he said, wherefore, comfort one another, with these words. That is the promise of God. That is the promise of what Job is speaking. That's an Old Testament doctrine that never changes into the New Testament. What is that? Whom I shall see for myself, the bodily resurrection of Job, and mine eyes shall behold. He will see Jesus Christ in all of his glory, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. And so when the body goes to the grave, when Job's body goes to the grave, he is in the hope of the resurrection. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's a modern day New Testament verse we believe and we cling to. We know that the saints of God are with the Lord, but that body rests in hope. We know that body is in rest in hope of the resurrection. But ye should say, why persecute we him? See, and the root of the matter is found in me. And then Job finishes this prophecy with this great verse in verse 29. Be ye afraid of the sword, for wrath bringeth the punishments of the sword, that ye may know there is a judgment. And I believe that sword is the sword of his mouth, the word of God. I believe that which was graven in that rock with that pen, that, pen, that iron pen, and led in the rock forever. That is the sword of the mouth of Jesus Christ. He will judge. He will judge as a resurrected Savior. He will judge as God himself because he is God himself. And he will judge these matters by the word of God. Therefore, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. You and I today need to be prepared to meet the Lord. If you're listening to the podcast, you need to make your calling and election sure. You are commanded by the Lord himself to examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. And I do pray that in light of the resurrection, in light of the prophecy of the resurrected Savior, the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do hope and pray anyone listening to this podcast will prepare themselves to meet God. Have a great day. Lord willing, we'll be back on here tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website 
or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed